All right, so today uh, I titled this, I was explaining to the worship team ahead of time, who's pulling your string? And everybody was confused about what that means, who's pulling your string? I know that in our family and, uh, you know, different people in my life have said this, whenever you talk out of turn, they'll say, well, who pulled your string? Anybody ever hear that? Who pulled your string? Uh, who knows Toy Story? Anybody know Toy Story? And Woody, the Woody doll, and you pull the string and the Woody doll begins to speak, Right? So if somebody starts talking out of turn, you can say, who pulled your string? Like, it's a sarcastic way to say it's not time to talk right now. <laughs> who pulled your string? So my question today is, who is pulling your string? Right? Who is pulling your string? One of the greatest paradoxes we will ever face as people is when we have two things pulling at us from two different directions. One thing is pulling us one way, and then another thing is pulling us a different way. And we struggle with that for our whole lives. Uh, and re you should read Romans 7 and 8. Paul talks all about it, about his struggle with, I want to do what I don't want to do. I mean, I want to do this, but I can't do this because what I don't want to do, I do. And it's, it's this incredible paradox, and he lays it out, things pulling us in different directions. When I was in uh, sixth grade, I go way back to sixth grade. I was uh, at uh, Booker T. Washington Elementary School. I can still remember. And I don't know if they still do in sixth grade health tests. Do they do that just to see how healthy the kids are? I remember in fifth grade, we had to run a mile. In sixth grade, there were different things. Anybody have a sixth grader? I have a sixth grader. I don't know if they're doing that. So in sixth grade, uh, one of the tests was a pull-up hold. Um, it's one of the things we do at our gym sometimes is a pull-up hold. They're worthless it seems like to me but we still do them um so you had to, a chin up you had to pull yourself up and they and and hold yourself as long as you possibly could remember that no nobody just some of you did yeah all right so hold yourself as long as you possibly could and i remember thinking everybody's going and and if you know me you know also that i'm a competitive person in fact it's my number one on the strengths finder index is competition and i don't want anybody to win or beat me um, in fact, it gets so bad that if I can't win, I probably just won't play. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I try, I try God's helping me with that, but uh, I try to be better. So uh, I, chin up, I, I, I pulled up the chin up and I knew how long the longest kid was. And I was trying to, I don't, even, I don't remember the time now, I just remember I'm watching the clock and, and holding and watching and holding and watching and I could begin to feel my arms start to give out. And I'm like, no, I got to hold it. I got to hold it because I got to beat the kid. I got to beat the kid. As hard as I could hold, I'm holding, I'm holding, I'm holding. And um, finally, my arms just give out and I lost by one second to the one kid. Haunts me to this day, all the way, sixth grade. But I can remember the feeling of two things pulling at me so desperately. Like I wanted to win so badly, but I couldn't hold on any longer. You know, it, it, was, it was two things. I, can, I also remember in that time um, that we had to run a mile. I, that was one of the ones I was like, I can't win this, so I don't even want to play. And the teacher was like, no, you still have to play. So, you know, I ran a mile, but uh, no, no dice on that one. I was no way I could win that race. Never have been a runner. But the, the point is that sometimes we have things in our life that pull us in different directions. And today's scripture uh, talks about, deals with something like that that I experienced. And it's going to be Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 11. And by the way, if you want to stay along with the, the notes for today's message, go to the church's app. Um, you can just 
look up the Lantana Church in the app and it'll, it'll be there. Romans 8, 5 through 11. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give, you, uh, give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. So Paul starts off, he's talking about two mindsets, two contrasting different mindsets. One is of the flesh and one is of the spirit. And try to explain that a little bit as we get into this. Um, the, the spirit obviously is meaning the spirit of God, of Christ, the Holy Spirit. We, we know the Holy Spirit. We talk about the Holy Spirit all the time. Um, but then there's the flesh, the mindset of the flesh. That's where I'm going to start and it's a, it's a word that we don't really use very much anymore. You know, the flesh, of the flesh, the sinful nature, and probably because we just don't like to talk about sin, right? I mean, it's hard to talk about sin, the sin in our lives and the sin that, that we ask God to help us with, to, to clear our hearts from. But that's what the, the flesh is, the sinful nature, the flesh is the, the sin in us. And so that's what Paul's talking about. He's, he's asking, are we controlled by the flesh, by our sinful nature, or are we controlled by the Spirit? What are you controlled by? What are the signs of this? Verse 5 says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. They have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Desire. So what does the flesh desire? I can remember it was a big deal growing up. It's, we don't hear about it so much anymore, but um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You remember that? Like that was, that was the thing. That was, that was what sin was. If it was sin, it was in that, in that world. I, I can remember even as a, a child hearing people talk about it. Uh, and I think that when we do that, we narrow the description too much. Because what Paul's talking about is not a specific set of things that are the flesh. He's not talking about uh, avoid this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. In fact, uh, I think we confuse that sometimes in Paul's letters. Many different times he addresses what are sin or, or results of a sinful nature. Now, we cannot take those things and say, okay, well, Paul says this and this and this and this are sin, so as long as I avoid those things, I'm going to be okay. That's not what Paul's saying. He's, he's saying that when, when you are living a, a, a life that is controlled by the sinful nature, in, in the epistles, I'm talking about Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and the letters that he wrote, 
when you live those kind of lives, that's kind of the result of it. He, he also talks about knowing a tree by its fruit or the fruits of the Spirit. You guys all know that. Whatever we're controlled by will yield certain things in our life. Out of those things is how we live, right? So what he, when he's talking about this, he's not talking about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Of course, um, maybe that in some people's lives is sin. But that's not what he's talking about. Let's back that off a little and ask, let me ask this question. Are our thoughts centered on our pleasure? That's where it gets to. Because if our thoughts are centered on our pleasure, even a thing like, a a, a noble thing, like I love my wife, who's not here today. Hi, honey. If you're watching, shout out. She said she was. She should be driving home, but we'll see. I love my wife, but that's a noble thing, right? I should love my wife. In fact, I'm, I'm directed to love my wife as Christ loved the church. Like, it's a big deal. But if I begin to love my wife so much that it becomes something that is for me, then even love of my wife can step into an area of sin because God's got to be first. So the, the question of flesh is not a specific set of rules to follow or, or sin. We're not going to list those things out. It's just a very simple question. Are our thoughts centered on our pleasure? Have you thought about the things in our life that, now pleasure is not wrong. God gave us the desires of our heart. Don't, don't get, because we can, take, we can go down that, and some of you maybe have said, I have, sat in services where pastors preached against all forms of pleasure because it's all evil. Listen, God has given us things. Cake, man. <laughs> I love some cake. You can tell. <laughs> Trace Leches on Friday night, by the way, was awesome. Uh, it was Claudio's birthday, by the way, who is our Brazilian pastor. Um, he he also is going to be, this is a big deal, I should have said this earlier, he's going to be ordained in April. April, at the, yeah. So congratulations to Claudio. And his birthday was Friday. Tell him happy birthday at some point. And they had Trace Leches cake. It was awesome. Pleasure is not sin. But if that's what drives us, pleasure, then it becomes sin. Right? We have to watch out. That's what the flesh is, the, the sinful nature. It drives us, and it could be anything. It, it's all different things. You've seen, so for some people, it's food. For some people, it's money. For some people, it's relationship. For some people, it's being included. For a lot of people, it's being included. How many people have you known that wanted desperately to be popular or included, and they do anything to do that? When decisions are made... Are we making them for ourselves, or is it in prayerful consideration with God? Are we praying to God about the decisions we make? Now, whether or not it's time to go to bed, I don't think God's going to give you an answer on that. But it could be things involving your family or, or your kids or buying you know, big purchases. It could be. I, I always, when I'm making a big purchase, a car, a house, or whatever, God... Help me out with this if I'm making a mistake, you know. One of the things we've done is we've taken Paul's word for flesh and we've narrowed it to mean the really bad things like sexual immorality. But by flesh, 
Paul means living life or futilely trying to on one's own powers, in, in one, by one's own right, on one's own terms without God. So if you're living according to the flesh, you're simply living your life and leaving God out of it. It's pretty simple. And what's the result of that kind of life? I mean, I don't think we have to talk too much about it, but Scripture tells us the mind governed by flesh is death. Literally, to live without God is to die. Literally. If the Holy Spirit is in our life, though, we have life right now. We'll get into that a little deeper here in a minute. The mind governed by the flesh even is hostile to God. Can you imagine being hostile to God? That's what a... That's what a, a life governed by the flesh is, hostile to God. Um, Romans 8.31 says, If God is for us, who can be against us? So why in the world will we be hostile towards the one who's our protector, who if he is for us, nobody can be against us? We can't be hostile to that. Do you see God as a judge or a father? Is he a judge or a father? Here's a good way to, to make this connection. Every time you pass a cop on the highway, what's your gut response? Do you immediately start looking? Some of you do. Please, oh, please don't have the radar out. I didn't, you know, looking in the mirror, the side, like they're coming to get you, right? They got you. They're, they're going to come and they're going to give you a ticket. And they're going to, like, it's judgment. For you is God the police. Everything in your life, you're like, did he see that? Is he going to get me? How do we see God? Is he a judge or is he our father? God loves you so much, man. And we're celebrating it all during the season of Lent. That he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could live a life with him, a life not governed by the flesh, but a life governed by his spirit. He's not trying to judge you. I grew up with this idea that God was a judge, an old white-haired man in, in a, a robe with lightning bolts and was just waiting to, just waiting, what, mess up one time, Cal. Come on, mess up. I hadn't zapped anybody in a while, come on. You know, like that's how I grew up seeing God, but as I've gotten older and matured in my faith, I've understood that he is a God of love and every time that I live according to the sinful nature, every time that I make a, a decision according to what I want, to my pleasures, I break his heart. He's weeping for me and he's saying, Cal, why? I sent my son to die for you. You have my spirit to live with you, be in you. Why would you do that? If we're in the realm of the flesh, we cannot please God. Nothing you do. You can't come to church enough. You can't go to home group or Sunday school or your small group enough. You just can't. You can't give enough money or time if you're living according to the flesh. 
Who are you trying to please? Look at the story of Peter and John in Acts chapter 4. We talked about a couple of weeks ago. You remember they got in trouble. They healed the man. They got in trouble for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the, the people said, the, the rulers of Sanhedrin said, don't you do it anymore or you're going to be in trouble. And they said, oh God, help us to be bold. <laughs> and with boldness they went out again and preached because they were, they were living according to the Spirit. The second mindset is being controlled by the Spirit. The signs of Spirit control are having our minds on what the Spirit desires. Last week, this last week was crazy for me. It's weird because usually most normal people take vacations from like, you know, one week or whatever, through the weekend, come back on, or maybe you leave on Monday or Friday and come back. It's one week, right? For me, it was strange because I left in the middle of one week, came back in the middle of the next week. So I felt like I had double the stuff to do. I don't know why. It was, it was strange. So I came back, and I'm crazy, and I'm busy, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and I've got to pick this up. And uh, Easter's coming, and we're doing these incredible, for the community, Easter baskets, which, by the way, we have about 2,000 eggs that still need filled with candy. Uh, they're out there in the Walmart boxes if you see them. No pressure, but if you take one home, you know, you can put candy in it and bring it back by Tuesday. It was a crazy week, though, so there was, seemed like there was so much catching up to be done, and I was in a hurry, and I was doing this, and I was doing this, and I was getting this task done, and getting this task done, and um, I had to, I was, Bruno came in, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm doing some rat killing. He was like, what? No, it's, it's, an, it's an American phrase, I guess, that, you know, just taking care of all my little things. So I was, I was doing all that, and I got so busy that I realized I had completely left God out of it. Have you ever done that? I just got so busy. I just, I just left him out. I thought I was going to go crazy. And I was like, oh, God, I'm sorry, man. Like, I have left you out of this. I need you. I forgot to practice the presence of God, which is a book, by the way, Practicing the Presence of God. Amazing, if, if you like that kind of thing. Um, it's uh, learning as people, and especially in our age and culture, as busy as we are, learning to sit still in His presence, practicing the presence of God. Slow yourself down. Take a minute and sit and be still. In fact, I would say as a challenge this week sometime, try to go 60 minutes focused on God without other thoughts creeping in your mind. 60 seconds, I mean. 60 seconds. Yeah, 60 seconds. You won't be able to go 60 minutes for sure. <laughs> 60 seconds. Try, just try one minute. 60 seconds. Practice his presence. And, and like master's level, to give you reference, is like five minutes. If you can go 60 seconds, then this is where I started. Go 60 seconds, one minute. And if I don't do that several times in a week, then I lose practice and I have to start all over. Because it is so hard with our lives, and we're so busy, and things are always going on, and, we're always, and, and I left God out of it. A mind filled with the Spirit is not hostile to God, but is in submission and in accordance with His will. It, it's in His Spirit that we please God. That's how we make Him happy. Not by what we do, or how we act, or what we've done. Now, he can, people will see how we act and know if we're filled with the Spirit. But to God, he knows anyway. 
So let me ask, do you ever think about heaven or God even when you're not in church? Or is church your time to think about heaven and God? Do you read, reflect, think about God and the Bible during the week? In making decisions, do you consider what God would have you make the decision as? You know, it seems that we continually come back to the same thing. Is church something we do? Or is God part of our life? Is God everything for us, in other words? Or is he just something we do? Or is he everything? Like, how are you living? Are we considering God in every direction that we turn? God needs to be more than something in your life. Like, that, that's not going to work out for him. For God, that's not relationship. God has got to be the everything in your life. God has got to be the filter through which we see the world. I think that, and again, I think in, in our American culture, for sure, so many things we have other people do for us. I mean, we live in an area where um, maybe you pay people to walk your dogs and you pay somebody to do your oil changes and you pay somebody to paint your house and you pay somebody to, and like we're not doing any of it ourselves, which I'm not saying anything about, but we get in this mindset and we begin to do the same thing with God. So we have this thing that somebody else does and this thing that somebody else does and this thing that somebody else does and this thing that somebody else does in church that the pastor does. Like that's not the way God has set this thing up. And there's no judgment. Listen, I hadn't changed my own oil in years. <laughs> okay, so. But we develop that mindset. And so we have to guard ourselves against that so that rather than church being something that we do, that God is just a part of our lives. Like, God has got to be everything. Psalm 130, Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, praise God, so that we can with reverence serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. The awesome thing is this, no matter what our lives have looked like, there is redemption in Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? All right, so this is the last thing. What are the benefits then? We have two mindsets, the flesh and the spirit, you understand now why I said who's pulling your string? Which one's pulling your string? 
What are the benefits of a Spirit-filled life, of a mindset of the Spirit? What are those benefits? And, and first, we belong to Christ, which is, I was almost going to say safe. It is not safe. Now, hear me say this. There's nowhere in the Scripture that it promises if you follow Jesus, that's a safe choice. That's not true. But there's security there, right? So we, we are secure in Christ, and that makes us feel safe. But a time is coming when you will be discriminated against because you're a Christian. A time is coming when somebody or organization or even the government is going to rise up against you because you're a Christian. That's not safe. But man, there's security there. I know that I know that I know that Jesus Christ lives in me. The other thing is we have life in the Spirit even now. And this is something I'm so excited about that I just think is amazing that when we accept Christ, He gives us life today. The kingdom of God on this earth. I, I missed this for a long time. See, Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we could say, I believe in you, check the box, and we go to heaven when we die. Jesus came and He speaks about it. I would, I would say, go and look so many times. I've preached on this and I will preach on it again. Jesus says, let me tell you the good news of the kingdom of God over and over and over. For Him, the gospel, His gospel message was the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, then, he teaches us to pray, uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You guys all know this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he's saying, God, let what happens up there happen down here. That is the promise of Christ in your life today. Everywhere you go, you are taking the kingdom with you. You have life in the kingdom right now, and everybody who meets you is invited to be a part of that life because now if somebody smells funny or looks funny or different socioeconomic status or whatever is the difference, to you, you don't see that because you're in the kingdom, and they are invited in, and we're all the same. That's amazing. Life in the kingdom today. But it doesn't stop there. I feel like the, the uh, y'all remember Billy Mays used to sell the, but wait, there's more. You also get heaven when you die. Praise God. And that's going to be awesome. Or when, or when Jesus comes, whatever happens. Like we get the kingdom now. Then we get his presence and a resurrected body when we meet him. We get the kingdom now and forever. If you read 1 Corinthians 15, our bodies will be raised. They will be different, but they will be raised. I imagine it will be like Jesus when he was raised. You remember after he was resurrected, they saw him, they recognized him, but he could also walk through walls. Strange, right? Because all of a sudden he was there and they're like, whoa, in a locked door. How did you? It's cool, guys. New body. Different. You'll see one day. Right? Same but different. It's going to be awesome. And I just am looking forward to that. But I love that we live in his kingdom today. Listen, the, the Lent season that we're in now 
is all about Easter. It's all about Jesus and what he did for us. We're reminded once again that if we have the mind of Christ, that, that we need to follow Christ and he will give us his mind. But understand that we need to ask him, Holy Spirit, I want to be controlled by you. And so my invitation to you today is this. Well, I just want to ask the question, who's pulling your string? My invitation is, will you let the Holy Spirit be the one pulling your string? Will you give up the desires of your flesh? Will you say, God, I, I just, I want what you want, and I want you to take control. Take control of my heart, take control of my spirit. My only desire is for you. It's an amazing, amazing place to be. So I'm gonna invite you to stand. We're gonna sing this last song. And if you feel like you're still making decisions to please yourself, then please make the decision today that's gonna please God. Invite the Holy Spirit to be your everything. At our church, we use the word sanctified. But whatever you call it, Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you fill me with yourself. I give all of myself to you. I want my desires to be your desires. Holy Spirit, will you be the one who's pulling my string? so that I may take your kingdom with me everywhere I go, that I may have life today and later. Fill us with your spirit, I pray in Jesus' name.